Welcome to the Testify Podcast. My name is Dave Corbin. I'll be your host. And this is a podcast that's all about telling the stories that we've heard over the years of how Jesus has changed everything in people's lives. From marriages to addictions, families to finances, everything in between. We want you to hear these stories because we want you to be encouraged, equipped, and empowered to tell your own story, whatever that might be, because we believe Jesus changes everything. Thank you for joining us of this week's episode of the Testify podcast. If you can't tell, I am not your typical host, Dave. I'm Adrian McDivitt. I'm the small groups coordinator here. I work under Dave, um, and thankfully today I get to be the host so that we can hear our very own small groups pastor, Dave, share his story. <laughs> so Dave, thanks for being on your own podcast. <laughs> Yeah, it's really, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh, no problem. So I'm actually really excited because I told you I've heard bits and pieces of your story, but I've never heard the whole thing. So I'm looking forward to hearing it. Sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to telling it. Good, good. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, awesome. Well, if you don't mind then, let's just jump right in and start with your story. Sure. So um, for me, um, I guess, you know, it really grew up in a very Christian home and not just nominal Christianity, but parents who were really living it. Um, you know, i I can clearly remember, um, getting up in the morning. My dad had already been up for a long time. He's sitting down in his favorite chair with his Bible open, you know, r- reading it, um, every single day. I mean, there wasn't a day he didn't do that. Um, walking by, he was, he was an army guy. So coming out of the army, he was the one that did all the ironing. He was just very particular about uh, the ironing. And so I can remember walking by the room where he would iron and you could hear him whispering prayers about his family and his work. And, um, and so there, there were these, like, it was real, you know, it wasn't just, uh, just going to church and whatever, living however. And so really got to see that, um, up close, from very early on, uh, we were always going to church. Um, actually, we were going to the church. Uh, it was called St. Timothy's at the time, but now it's St. Hilda's. It's where our Catonsville campus meets. And so grew up sitting in the pews in that church. Um, was an acolyte there, uh, which if you don't know what that is, it's not really a big deal. I carried a candle up uh, up to the front of the stage and sat off to the side. That's basically it. Um, and uh, yeah, so really, really grew up in it and, and was always around it. It was just always a part of our life. And so I don't really have the story of like, I went wild at some point. Um, I just kind of lived that good Christian boy story, um, you know, uh, never got into drugs or alcohol or smoking or any of that stuff. And, um, just kind of kept, kept the course in a way, but, but really, it, I guess the story really picks up, um, when I was a freshman in high school. And so the, the school I went to at the time, um, 
at the beginning of every school year, they would take the whole student body and the faculty on this retreat. It was like a weekend retreat. And so all the new kids got to meet the people that had been there for a while. And they'd have a speaker come in and, and worship music would, you know, they do all this stuff, kind of, you know, a retreat. And, um, I can remember sitting in, it was the first night. It was the first night of the retreat. And, um, we were sitting there and the guys, I don't even remember who the guy was doing the preaching or even what he was saying. I really don't know what he was talking on. Um, I just can clearly remember there was a moment in the middle of what he was talking about. I do know it wasn't any kind of like salvation message. Like it it wasn't anything like that, but I just, there was just this very clear moment where, um, I saw, uh, almost that, like that moment people talk about of their life flashing before their eyes. Um, it was that kind of like movie reel highlight reel of my sin, uh, like being confronted with, um, yeah, you've lived this quote unquote good Christian boy life, but you've still missed the mark. It was this very clear reminder of that. And, and I remember it stopped, it paused right at the very end on this just kind of image of, of Jesus on the cross. Um, and, and it broke me. Like I was, I'm in the middle of, you know, this whole high school full of students. Um, and I'm off to the side, like just bawling, uh, inexplicably. Like there was nothing that happened in the room that should explain what was happening to me. Um, but it was still happening to me. And so I remember going out and, and some teachers took me out and were like, what the heck is wrong with you, <laughs> basically? And I kind of told them what was going on. And so they talked with me and prayed with me and walked me through um, what was happening, which was just being, you know, confronted with my sin and realizing that Jesus was the solution to that. And um, and there were some things that really started to change. I remember I went back, uh, we went back to school and we like started up a Bible study and we were inviting kids into it and trying to um, learn more and grow more. There was a real hunger for that. But um, over the years, that kind of that kind of slid away. The passion kind of died down a little bit. Still do always going to church, still reading the Bible, still doing those things, um, but more like uh, going through the motions kind of thing than really. Uh, a true kind of devotion or pursuit of Jesus. And so um, probably all through high school, that's how it was, just kind of was there, but not really fully in it, um, around it, but not really living it out. Uh, and it really wasn't till probably, um, I think I was probably 20, 2021, um, that that my brother, who's who's six years older than me, um, we were we were having some conversations, and he grew up in the same household I did, and and went through a lot of the same things. But he, at a certain point in high school, had um, and a little after high school, I kind of decided like this isn't for me anymore, and, and kind of intentionally started walking away from uh, church and faith and all that kind of stuff. And he's. Um, it's right around the time that the book, the Da Vinci code came out and, and I don't know how many people listening to this would have read the Da Vinci code, but, um, my brother had kind of gotten into it and he had kind of gotten a little bit of this, uh, this skeptical, cynical, he would come to me with these things. Like he'd read something in the Bible and go, well, what do you have to say about that? And, and kind of have this real challenging thing. So he read the Da Vinci code, which makes all these arguments against Jesus being who the Bible says he is in a sense. And, um, and so we'd have these conversations. And, and so I picked up the book and decided I'm going to read this just so I can prove him wrong, which 
isn't the best approach to take to most situations <laughs> or relationships. Um, I'm going to do this to get you. Um, <laughs> it doesn't usually work out. But I read the book and then I started doubting. Like I, I got through it and I'm like, wait a second. What if what this guy's saying is true? Like what what if what I've thought was right my whole life isn't? Um, and it was a real, it shook me pretty hard. I mean, it was it was probably three three to six months of like this just kind of inner turmoil and wrestling with, man, what if what I thought was right my whole life isn't? And what do I do from here? How, how do I move forward? And so um, I, I kind of wrestled with it for a long time. I tried to work through it. Uh, I'm a thinker. I'm a uh, inward processor. So I spent a lot of time sitting quietly, just kind of thinking through things. Well, what about this? And then just trying to process. And um, man, there was this one moment. Um, so clear. There's certain moments in life where like you can remember what the air felt like in that. You know what I mean? You can picture what the lighting was. You can like smell what was going on, you know? And so this is one of those moments where I'm sitting on my parents' porch, um, their front porch, and one of those moments of just kind of quietly contemplating and, and trying to figure out what in the world was going on, um, that that there it just kind of hit me like all the the logic and the reasoning and the faith and the belief and all of it kind of came together in this moment of no this what the bible says about jesus is true it has to be true like it, it just kind of all it wasn't just blind faith per se it was it was bringing together things i had read and learned and observed in the world it was like no like this has to be true. There's no way we've gotten to where we are today without God being involved, without Jesus um, doing. I've seen what Jesus can do. And so it was that moment of, oh, no, this absolutely is true. Um, and it was followed with a question, in a sense, which I feel like was was the Holy Spirit at the time going, okay, if it is true, you're saying it's true. If it is true, you have to do something about it. Um and that moment, that was like this launch pad kind of moment for me where it was going, man, I I've believed, I've cognitively agreed with the idea of Christianity and Jesus for so long, um, but it's done so very little in my life. My life has so, done so little with it. Um, it hasn't really changed a whole lot. Yeah, I've done nice things for people, but it's not changed me on the inside and it's not poured out towards the world around me. And so um, that reignited that hunger back from my freshman year in high school where it was like, man, I need, I, I want to know more. I want to learn more. I want to see more. I want to taste and see, you know, that's what the scripture calls it, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, I wanted that. And so I started reading everything I could get my hands on. I was reading uh, Knowing God by J.I. Packer. That was a, a real um, big one for me. There was a line in that book that that sticks with me to this day um, where he's talking about, he's setting up this idea of knowing God. And he says, um, there's a big difference between knowing God and knowing God, in which, I mean, sounds whatever, but he uses this example of um, you can know that honey is sweet. You can cognitively understand I've heard people tell me that honey is sweet, but you don't know honey is sweet until you've tasted the honey 
and then you know it's sweet. Um, and that whole concept of I've known Jesus, but I haven't really known him, um, really, again, set me on on a trajectory where I was, the church I was in, I was going... Um, uh, I, I was going to the pastor and being like, Hey, I need, you got to give me, you got to give me something here. Like my, my hunger for this is too much. You got to help me <laughs> find something. I'm feeling this, this call and this pull towards more. Um, <laughs> and really that, that pastor, um, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, knock him too much, <laughs> but, uh, his response was, um, basically we have enough people who are doing that already. Um, and so he took me to another guy and was like, Hey, what, what can you do for him? <laughs> Which was a weird feeling at the time. Cause it was like, I don't think that's how that's supposed yeah, to go. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the guy he took me to, uh, gave me this book. Um, there's a book by Mark Driscoll, um, called confessions of a reformation rev, um, which is a fascinating book even to this day. Uh, I don't need to go into all the details of it, but, but in that book, um, I saw two things from from what Mark Driscoll was talking about that I don't feel like I had ever seen or at least I had never I never understood or really received it. Um, and one was the way he talked about Jesus. Uh, he talked about Jesus in a way that I had never never grasped from someone before. Um, this Jesus who was, personal and powerful and real and uh like not it, like he was loving uh but he also had this strength and this power and and he just talked about Jesus in a way that like really inspired me to more and then too he had this as a as a leader of christian people he had this humility uh, in in what he was talking about this ability to go hey i got it wrong uh, like he would get up front in front of his his audience or his congregation, I should say, and and go, hey, I messed up. Like I got this wrong. We need to change course here. Uh, and those two things were like they that was like a light switch moment of I want to be a pastor that talks about Jesus like that, and, and a pastor who approaches leadership with some humility. Um, and and that sounds uh, saying that that may sound <laughs> cocky in a sense. I don't get that right <laughs> uh, all the time, um, but it's it's an approach that I've desired, and so um, that kind of took me down a whole journey of of pursuing um, being a pastor. And I can remember it was at that same church. Uh, guy was leading. It wasn't a, a small group per se. They called them. They, it was like a uh, Sunday school Bible study, basically, but for adults. And he couldn't make it, and he asked me to to lead it. And I, I, I mean, he asked me, and I looked at him right away and said, "No way," because um, in high school you couldn't have. There was not enough money in the world that would have gotten me to get up on a stage and talk to a crowd of people. Um, not enough in the world. I never would have done it. And, and he's going, Hey, can you lead this group of eight people? And I'm like, Nope, still not going to do it. Um, but as I kind of like, I, I, it, it set on me in such a way that I was like, man, I think I really need to do this. I don't know why, but I agreed to do it. And that was probably, that was the first small group I led. Um, in, in essence, and I can remember being like, I got kind of a taste of it and there was this like, wow, I didn't do that right. But at the same time, I want to do that more. Um, 
And so that really, that really kind of set me again on this path of pursuing that and trying to put myself in positions to be able to do that. And, um, yeah, all throughout it, there's just these little moments, I guess, of not, not big grand, Hey, you were this, now I'm going to completely rip that away and make you that. But these moments of, Hey, let's turn your focus here and let's walk that path out. And then getting to kind of a moment, uh, a crossroads, a, a dead end feeling, and then, Hey, let's take this. And so it just kind of feels like these moments of small adjustments, um, that turned into long pursuits, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and there's probably, there's probably a lot of other things <laughs> I could talk about. Um, right. but that, that's kind of the, that at least is how I got pointed in the direction mm -hmm. of, um, leading small groups and having a real heart for small groups, um, uh, was, was getting the chance to lead one and then seeing some of the fruit that came out of that. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really cool just to even know, you know, way back then when that, that guy asked you, Hey, just take over a small group, lead yeah. at one time that, you know, you didn't know, he didn't know, but God knew like now where you yeah. would be and that you'd be the small groups pastor here. And so just yeah. that journey, how, you know, it just seems like, Hey, I'll just ask someone, um, just is so interesting to know now where you are. Yeah. How long was that? Like, how long has that journey been? Uh, so I probably led that. That was probably when I was, I don't know. It had all, all that that I just talked about with the kind of feeling called to be a pastor. And then that, that all happened within probably a month. Wow. Um, so I was probably 20 at the time. So that's mm -hmm. 16 years ago. Wow. Um, and, and been through so many different iterations and, and attempts and, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. you know, I, I felt I've made a lot of dumb mistakes, um, along the way where I've gotten out ahead of, I like, I felt the call to, okay, I think God's calling me to be a pastor. I think he's calling me to lead in some of these ways. And, and I would have this, these moments frequently, um, I didn't learn my lesson very well where I would run way out ahead of that. Um, and so I'd go, okay, well, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start a church. Um, uh, I'm just gonna start one. And, and, <laughs> and I would like, I had no earthly idea what I was doing. I mean, I, church planning at the time was, was a big thing and lots of people were doing it. Um, but no church I had ever been a part of, nobody I knew had done that, but I was like, I'm going to do it. And I'd go out and it would fail horribly, you know? Um, and so I have lots of moments like that. And, and, uh, one in particular, so soon after that, um, I'm trying to think timeline wise. Um, it was probably a couple years after leading the first group. Uh, I got involved with a church, uh, called journey church that was meeting, um, at the Hoyts movie theater over in, in Linthicum. Um, and it's kind of a weird story how it all happened, but um, it started out, I just came to help them get their production stuff set up. So I, I had been in a band for several years and um, had done sound and lighting and all this stuff with them. And they were like, hey, can you just help us? This is the first time we're doing something mobile um, where we have to set up and break down. We don't know how to put all the equipment together. Can And I was like, yeah, I'll come for like three months, get you all geared up. 
and came just just with that in mind and then um <laughs> through a series of events we stayed and then the uh, I got real close to the pastor there um and then he ended up leaving but right before he left he ordained me and so then I became the pastor um and I was like this is it this is the moment um and then that went horribly wrong <laughs> and um there was there was these times of real frustration and confusion and like I don't get what's going on right now. It seems like this should be what it is, but that's, it's not really happening. And, um, in that season led, led a couple really great groups and they weren't great because I led them. It was just the, the group of people. We were, uh, real close to one another. We were challenging one another. Um, really, really a great group that ended. Um, and then we transitioned, to to another church um in the area that's no longer around but um and i became kind of the small group director there even in that season that was about a year-long season of just like feeling like oh this has to be it but then it just not it just not lining up in a way like i kept getting out of like that one I so bad wanted to work in a church again. I was like, I just have to work in a church. And so I just put my resume out there and went job hunting. Didn't know anything about the church before uh, I took the job. Just kind of was like, yep, this is it. And jumped out ahead of God. And, you know, a year-long journey of frustration. And, um, hey, I learned a heck of a lot. I learned a lot in those two seasons, those two church, church struggles of mostly what never to do again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um uh not always like, hey, this is how you should do it, but like just make sure you don't ever do it like that again. Um so a lot of that uh going on and it was soon after leaving that church, uh New Hope, that actually, so yeah, the day I resigned from that church, Jamie, my wife, and I were going to meet my parents. We were going to go have dinner together. And on, uh, actually, I'm sorry, no, we were going, we were going to have ice cream together. And on the way there, we stopped at Chick fil A to have dinner. And, um, she was like 35 weeks pregnant, I think, at the time. And, uh, her water broke in the car in Chick the oh Chick fil A parking lot, you know. And so I just resigned from my job, hadn't really fully transitioned to the next thing. Um, and she's having a baby five weeks early and, um, <laughs> and that was a whole, that, that was a, a, a roller coaster ride in and of itself. Um, just with just, just kind of that, uh, stepping away from what I thought was going to be the thing and then being prematurely launched into a new, uh, a new season. Um, but it was soon after that, I guess it was, uh. I guess it was that October. So I think I resigned. Yeah, I resigned July eighth uh, because my son was born on the ninth, and then that October is when we first came to Lighthouse. Uh, it was a night of worship right right after they had moved into Langley, the building before here. Um, I'm saying that to you like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we came to that night of worship and we're like, this is it, you know. And during the time we're at the church before that, that year long <laughs> show, we had friends who were like, you need to come check out Lighthouse. Yeah. And we were like, ah, oh, we got it. We're good. And then it like implodes. And uh, we're like, yeah, we're going to take your advice now. And um, so, so, yeah. And so then, when you came to Lighthouse, was your 
I mean, you said you wanted to work in the church. You wanted to be in ministry. When you came to Lighthouse, was yeah. it to potentially find work? No. Or did you... so, so when we came to Lighthouse, uh, my, uh, Jamie and I had a, a conversation because I was, I was, um, I was burnt. I was like really messed up from from those two experiences back to back. Mostly that second one, um, but I was in a bad place, like spiritually, emotionally, just all of it. Just because, in so many ways, it felt like I had been called to this thing. I finally got to a place of doing it. And then it all went hor- so horribly wrong that I was sitting there going, maybe I misunderstood something. Maybe I really misheard. what." <laughs> so I was second guessing everything. And, and I remember when we first came to Lighthouse and first we were like, okay, we're gonna, this is going to become where we regularly attend. Um, I had always jumped so hard into any ministry opportunity, even if, you know, running the soundboard or whatever, anywhere we had been. And I remember telling Jamie, I was like, I'm not doing that. I was like, for the first at least six months of coming here, I'm not doing anything. Um, and we did. We managed <laughs> We managed for six months to just kind of, and, and then as we were able to kind of uh, release and heal a little bit, it was like, okay, we need, we should be doing something. I said, but I'm not doing what I normally do. And so we just, we were greeters for, for probably three or four months. We just were greeters, um, which I had never done before. It had always been production or get on the worship team or, uh, and then my friend ratted me out to, uh, to Dave Thompson that I played <laughs> bass. And, uh, one Sunday he came up and asked me to, if I would join the worship team or, or consider joining the worship team, um, which I did and, uh, did that for a while. But but even before that, I, I had made a commitment after that last thing of going, I just have to work in a church. I said, I will never do that again. I will never pursue a church job just for the sake of a church job. If I ever work in a church again, it's going to be because, uh, and I don't want this to sound weird, but this was my commitment to myself. The only way I'll work in a church again is if the leadership of the church recognizes something um, and says, "Hey, you, let's work that out together." Uh, I'm I'm not going to go knocking down doors and pursuing things. Now, there there would be moments because um, I mean, from the time we came to Lighthouse to to the time I started working here is several years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there would be moments where I, the 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 old me would kind of rise up and go, "You need to chase this." You need, and so I'd kind of like start to lean into that a little bit, or I might like ask a question or. Um, or kind of inquire about something. And then I'd be like, wait a second, this doesn't feel right. And and so I just kept having to kind of pull myself back. So I just kept trying to volunteer and kind of serve and do what I could. And, and John and I worked together uh, for a while on small groups. I came on, did small group leadership and then was coaching. And then he and I were kind of working kind of like you and I do now, um, where I was kind of working in a volunteer coordinator role, I guess. Um, and then, yeah became the small group director for a little while and then eventually the pastor. So that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing your story. I mean, just when I'm hearing that you said early on how you just wanted to make sure that you were a pastor that's real, that's humble. And I can say for sure that's you. Um, I love how real you are. You honest. Um, 
yeah, and it's it's really inspiring to see. So thank you. Thanks for sharing our, your story I with us. Appreciate it. Today. Hey, I have to say you did a great job hosting. Yeah. Um, maybe you should do it for now. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't want to overstep. So I'm gonna. You know? I'll take a break for a couple episodes, and we'll come back. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Testify podcast. For more episodes and more resources, check out lh.church slash testifypodcast. And be sure to share this with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of the Testify podcast.